Hello and welcome to another Mark Solo cast. Hope you all are doing well this evening. I'm uh, saying this evening because I'm recording it this evening. Of course, I don't know when you're going to be listening to it, but uh, anyhow, I mean, uh, everything's going pretty well here. I mean, I'm continuing the experiment. I'm trying to get better at uh, at putting these podcasts together and coming up with some neat little promos and stuff that I really think are going to be good and that are going to work well. And anyhow, I welcome all your feedback. Uh, um, let me know what you think. I will give out a valid email address a little bit later on in this uh, uh, solo cast podcast, and um, and I uh, hope Christopher will listen to this, and I uh, would like him to critique it and see what he thinks of it. I hope he likes it, and uh, hopefully he will be back with us here, coming here real soon in a couple of weeks. I mean, he's not the only one that has a lot going on. I do too. I have a ton of things going on, selling a house. Um, moving my mom into the house that we're in now, just a whole bunch of stuff and a whole bunch of other legalities and stupid family crap and what have you and just this crap and that crap and this crap and that crap and, you know, just uh, wears you down. So when, um, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) when I get all this figured out, hopefully me and Christopher can start getting together. I got some guys at work that uh, want to do podcasting with me, and I'm pretty excited about that. I think they're they're all a bunch of smart guys and have a lot of shit they want to say, so this is the venue to do it. Podcast is actually the truest form of free speech, in my opinion, that we have around in America, because on this, you can truly, really say what you want. You might have to put in there, uh, in, in my opinion, or something like that, yes, but, I mean, you can say whatever you want. You don't have corporate America coming down on you, telling you you can't say that, or what have you, you know, people listen to podcasts, and if they don't like it, they don't ever listen again, so, uh, anyhow, uh, Springfield, Missouri, a Missouri man says in his class action lawsuit against Bass Pro that the outdoor outfitter is refusing to honor its lifetime warning on socks, <laughs> who the fuck has this kind of time, <laughs> honestly, this guy's a fucking numbnut loser. What a stupid ass. Lifetime socks. What, what are socks? Fucking seven bucks a pair. This fucking knuckle dragon, fucking inbred, fucking hilljack, fucking meth pipe smoking. In my opinion, <laughs> what a fucktard. How did he scrape up enough nickels to uh, to even sue Bass Pro? I'll bet you. I'll bet you got it uh, pro bono. I bet you because some stupid ass lawyer down there in fucking Hickville, USA, is trying to uh, make a name for himself. Well, he did. The name is you're a stupid motherfucker. That's what it is. But anyhow, let me go back to this. Uh, Kent Slaughter of Springfield said that after years of exchanging his redhead lifetime guarantee, all-purpose wool socks. Every time they wore out, the Springfield-based company changed its policy in 2021. So, you know, he, he, every time you wear them out, he break his, he'd bring these fuckers back and get a new pair. So, oh no, how long? It sounds to me like it's been going on for years and years and years. So 2021, probably, you know, COVID and everything, they probably lost a shit ton of money. And they're like, oh, we're just not going to honor it anymore. I mean, I think the guy got his money's worth from what it sounds he tried to return um, four pairs of socks. Instead of getting another pair with a lifetime warranty, Slaughter said he was given socks that only carried a 60-day warranty. I mean, that's what it should have been in the first place, right? But anyhow, according to the Springfield News Leader, whoever that is, it doesn't say this in the AP Bulletin, so um, it must be against competing companies. So the Springfield News Leader, well, I don't know, is the News Leader, maybe, maybe that's their... Uh, Newspaper name down there. Eh, who the fuck knows? Anyhow, who cares? A Bass Pro representative said the company won't comment on pending litigation. The lawsuit said Bass Pro is misrepresenting the socks in its uh, ads because it says they are the last sock you'll ever need to buy because of the lifetime warning. Okay, I kind of agree with that idiot there, I guess. Slaughter said in the lawsuit that the warning was a major factor in the decision to buy the socks. 
So, okay. Thrifty or a cheap ass? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I'm not that big of a cheap ass, but sometimes I wish I was. If I was, I would probably have a lot more things than I do. Honestly, if I watched myself much better on stuff like this and and I was like really vigilant on a lot of people I know that like hold places to their warranty or their quality control, you know, like uh, the other day I was moving some stuff, I ripped a pair of brand new shorts out and it wasn't because they were too tight, they were plenty loose. I know a lot of people that would take it back, maybe I'm kind of like, mm, eh, fuck it, I threw them in the trash. I wish I was more vigilant about that. I wish I was more uh, thrifty, um, cheap, whatever. I think I'd be a lot further along. And I'm not doing bad. I'm doing fine financially. But I'd be a hell of a lot further along if, if I was like that. So, you know, I mean, everything has two stories. And I kind of agree with the guy according to the ad. I see, I see his complaint a little bit more now. So, yeah. Okay, I get it. Okay, so this um, next story is about a cat that got loose in Logan International. Like I said before, my old job, I used to do a lot of uh, traveling, and I've been to all these airports mentioned, like Logan is the one in Boston, and it's a, it's a huge airport. It does a lot of traffic through it. So um, it starts off, you know, family's beloved pet cat that's been dodging airport personnel uh, airline employees and animal experts since escaping from a pet carrier at Boston's Logan International Airport about three weeks ago was finally caught Wednesday. Whether out of fatigue or hunger, we'll never know, but this morning she finally let herself be caught. An airport spokesperson said of the cat named Rowdy in a statement. Rowdy was given a health check and will be returned to her family. I'm kind of in disbelief, said her owner, Patty Shelley. I thought, what what are the odds we're actually going to get her back? You know, I agree with that. I mean, she's been missing for that. Yeah, in an airport, you'd think at some point she would have got outside somehow, someone having the door open, taking out luggage or something, but I guess not. But I got a call this morning, and I am just so shocked. Rowdy's time on the lamb began June 24th as a uh, Sally and her husband, Rich, returned to the U.S. from uh, 15 years to Germany with the Army. German airline, Lufasa, I've heard of it before. So I apologize for this. Uh, flight landed. The four-year-old black cat with green eyes escaped her cage in pursuit of some birds. Yeah, can't blame her there. Soon Rowdy herself was on the receiving end of the chase. As her getaway set off a massive search involving airport and Lufasa, which would be the German, uh, um, uh, the German airline personnel, construction workers, and animal wel welfare advocates, as well as the use of wildlife cameras and safe release traps. Despite numerous sightings, Rowdy always eluded her pursuers. But now a little calm has been restored. It was such a community effort, said Solly who is originally from New Hampshire and is moving to Florida. We're just so grateful to everyone who helped us uh, look for her. So, I guess this cat was, uh, I, I mean, what was he living on? I, was he, like, killing rodents that were maybe getting in the building? Um, there's all that machinery there, you know. There's all that, um, um, all that, uh, you know, that, technological uh, screening equipment from the TSA and all that there so um, so there's plenty of stuff for the cat to hide in so I'm not really thinking about that or you know or do people drop enough food on the, you know I've cleaned food courts before people drop enough food the cat was probably probably gain weight on the run actually because let me tell you we as Americans are slobs and I'm probably the same, only I don't see it like that. I think I'm neat and tidy, but I'm probably not, you know. I'll probably scratch my nuts and fucking eat and stuff like that. So, you know, um, but I observe people eating and they talk with their mouth open and let shit fall all over the floor. So I'll bet you the cat probably gained a couple of pounds running around in Logan International. And uh, 
This brings me to this next little thing that I noticed that I've been doing here lately. And I notice I have a certain amount of people that kind of rely on it, rely on it now. Um, and in my work, I have become somewhat of the Pepsi whisperer. I, I noticed this, I don't know, a few weeks into my employment at this place. Um, I, I was, uh, there's two different Pepsi machines with Pepsi dispensers on each side. Altogether, there's four Pepsi dispensers. One, there's two on uh, each machine, and there's two machines. So, the two Pepsis on the left, and then there's two Pepsis on the right, and it's two machines. So, what I started noticing is they it, there's no rhyme or reason whether it's a left dispenser machine or the right, but one Pepsi would always taste better than the other. So, I would get there, and in uh, in the morning, right when we'd open, I go over there and I do a little Pepsi check, give it a little check, and go, you know what, the right's better today. So, then after that, I'd tell people, hey, if you get a drink, the right, get the right, get the right Pepsi. You know, unless they wanted like a Sierra Mist or a, you know, or a Mountain Dew or something or a diet. But most people really enjoyed that. They're like, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. The the left's so much better today. Get that. It's got a really nice sweet taste. It's got good fizz. The rights I fucking taste like ass. Smells like uh, smells like um, I don't know um, ball sack. I don't know something. But um, very odd how I became the uh, Pepsi whisperer, and I, I I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud that I'm able to go and check out the Pepsis ahead of everybody and take the hit for everybody because I care. That's right, everybody, salute me, the Pepsi Whisperer. So, in other news, British cinnamon chain offers redheads free tickets during the heat wave. Showcase Cinema made the gesture amid the extreme heat wave in Europe that it already led to thousands of deaths. There's no place like an air-conditioned movie theater on a hot summer day. That precisely is what Showcase Cinema in the United Kingdom thought when the theater chain offered redheads free admission to escape the current heat wave, according to the Washington Post. The company publicized its unconventional promotion Friday on Instagram. Free tickets for redheads on the hottest days ever, the caption read. While certainly cheeky and unorthodoxed, the promotion couldn't have come at a better time. Temperatures have soared to dangerous levels across Europe this week. Hundreds of people in France, Spain, Britain, Portugal have already died from this heat-related. Actually, it's thousands, but I think I'm, I'm not sure exactly how old this. Uh, anyhow, doesn't matter. Britain recorded its hottest day in history Tuesday with staggering temperatures of up to 104.4 degrees Fahrenheit, according to CNBC. Firefighters have already responded to several fires across London Tuesday, and the Met Office, the UK's weather service, issued a red extreme heat warning and urged people to stay indoors. While sun exposure and dehydration are certainly dangerous for everyone, studies have previously shown that people with fair skin and red hair are more at risk of developing skin cancer. Since redheads are often more vulnerable than most of the sun's rays, to most of the sun's rays, we're giving them shelter from the sun inside our fan, fully air-conditioned cinema screens, the theater company told the Washington Post in a statement. So, anyhow, inflation in Britain reached a 40-year high at 9.1%, which only sweetened the prospect of free movie tickets which some decried the promotion as offensive on social media. Others gleefully tagged their partners in the comment section of the post to nudge them into a movie date. I am constantly joking how I am a ginger and cannot stand summer because of the heat. So when I saw this showcase was offering free tickets for redheads during the current heat wave, I immediately shared it with my friends and boyfriend, wrote Sarah Jackson, a social media influencer. So, in other words, she doesn't have a real job. So, yeah, just to let you know, she's like, 
one of these people that does stupid shit, just practically does nothing worth a damn, and and gets all this credit for it. So, anyhow, as Britain continues to to weather the heat wave, runways at both London's Luton Airport and RAF Bryce Norton in Oxford were uh, temporarily closed as the sweltering tarmac became too hot for safe arrivals and departures. Experts appointed to man-made climate change as a cause for the heat wave and have called on officials to create better infrastructure to deal with it in the future. In the meantime, taking brief respite inside of the dark air-conditioned auditorium ultimately appears to be a wise choice for anyone in the region, even if only redheads could get in for free. Who gives a shit? Dye your hair. Whatever. I don't care. Go ahead, redheads. Have your fucking day. Everybody hates you. Enjoy your fucking movie. You're soulless gingers, and you all need to be uh, probably, I don't know, kicked really hard until there's no brain activity. Yeah. Look, this is parody, fuck nuts. So don't get all stupid. Next on the list is um, Key West, a place that me and Val are very familiar with. We actually really enjoy it down there. Uh, yeah, they call it Key Weird, and you got to watch where you're going sometimes and uh, watch what's going on. But I, it's uh, it's compared to like a, uh, a safer New Orleans, and we prefer it anyhow. It's just much cleaner and beautiful ocean and not the big, ugly, muddy Mississippi and beggars everywhere. There's virtually hardly any beggars at all there. It's a really nice place. But the annual Hemingway Lookalike Contest began in Key West Thursday, marking the 123rd anniversary of uh, Ermus Hemingway's July 21st birth. <clears throat> this year's competition attracted 135 portly bearded men who are endeavoring um, to uh, prove their likeness of the famed American author. The contest is a highlight of Key West's annual Hemingway Day's festivities, staged to celebrate the creative talent and colorful lifestyle of the man who lived and wrote on the island for most of the 1930s. Thursday night's uh, entrance paraded across the stage as Sloppy Joe, of course it'd be at Sloppy Joe's, where Hemingway and his cohorts often met for drinks before a judging panel of former contest winners. So everyone that won one previously um, got to judge. So that's pretty cool. Most had full beards and wore sportsman's attire, seemingly emulating the Papa persona adopted by Hemingway in his later years. Now, Hemingway was a real fucking douchebag. He was a dickhead. And they'll tell you that down there, too. People fucking hated him. He was a surly drunk. And he, he, uh, and this is what people on the island tell you. And no one fucking liked him. The only thing I liked about him was all the cats that they, uh, that they, uh, that he had. He took in a lot of stray cats. And now these stray cats, the descendants of them, all three and four-eyed ones and fucking, uh, seven-pawed fucking freak of nature, inbred cats, are all around the Hemingway, uh, mansion, home, whatever you will. And, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting atmosphere how they kind of adopted him, not because they loved him, but really kind of out of necessity, because he was so famous, and it attracts a lot of people there, and to me, I'd say, uh, just leave Hemingway's name out of it from now on, and maybe less people will come there, it won't be as fucking crowded, and another thing is, whenever those cruise ships get out, you're fucked, if you're anywhere near Mallory Square when a cruise ship gets out, run and fucking hide, go back to wherever your resort is, and stay there until the fuckers get back on the boat. You know, like four or five or whatever. And anyhow, on Thursday morning, a group of lookalikes helped release a 185-pound rehabilitated loggerhead sea turtle, coincidentally dubbed Papa. Hmm, okay then. Well, named after Hemingway's persona later on. God bless him. When it was rescued after being in strangled in fishing line, which is great, I'm glad they rescued this. You know, I'm not being... A smart answer for thesis about that. I, I I think it's a very admirable, very great thing that they saved this animal, and and that's really good. And God bless them. Thank them for doing that. But it was uh, 
they released him in the Keys of the Sombrero Beach in Marathon. So Marathon is an hour away from Key West. I know, I've traveled that fucking road one highway so many times. Trust me, I know. It is an hour away from Key Weird uh, Marathon. So it was actually up to the north and to the east a little bit. So... Uh, the Lookalike Contest's second prelim preliminary round is set for Friday, and the 2022 winner is set to be chosen Saturday night. All right. And I'll bet you if you really gave a shit, you could probably find it online live. <laughs> so, but I don't give a shit. Late Wednesday, Nick Henke of St. Louis, Missouri, was named the winner of the Lorgan Hemingway Short Story Competition. His entry, a lot of carotheros. Whatever the fuck that means. Look it up. I know you guys don't either, so don't even act like you know what it means. Go fucking look it up. Go Google it. Triumphed over 775 other American and international submissions. Judged by Ernest Hemingway's author, Granddaughter. Hemingway Days continues through Sunday with events including an offbeat running of the Bulls, spoof of the Key West Marlin Tournament, whatever that is. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry I even mentioned that. So... While living in Key West during most of the 1930s, Hemingway wrote classics including For Whom the Bell Tolls and To Have and Have Not. So, there ya fucking go. Another thing I'd like to touch base on right now here, real quick too. Well, I got, well, I got you fucks on the horn and you're still listening, I guess, maybe if I didn't bore you and, you know, put you to sleep, but... I like to uh, touch on um, why I keep doing this uh, and, and why I'm going, even though you know Christopher and I are having difficulties uh, getting together and uh, and putting out podcasts. Why I'm doing it just slowly on my own time is because um, I, I've always been very proud of my work ethic. Always, my work ethic is one of the things that I'm very proud of, and I pr I plan to never lose is I, I've always been extremely um, satisfied with the work that I, the, the work I put out. My, uh, um, let me think, uh, my determination, my will, my uh, goals, all of this. And all of this fits in this uh, podcast, solo cast realm, is uh, my work ethic is something I'm very prideful about. And I plan to... Uh, even to this day, even though as long as I've been working hard and keeping my head down and doing what I'm supposed to do and striving to learn more, I still feel the need to do more. Now, this is something I've always loved ever since a kid. You know, like I said on the solo cast before, you know, I used to just, I still do. I, I am such a huge fan of uh, theater of the mind. Theater of the mind to me just so... Uh, just surpasses anything else that anyone else could come up with in their mind. To me, my mind has the best version of everything, and it's very overactive, and I have trouble shutting it down, and I'm extremely creative, and the problem is, is uh, I'll see, um, I'll see a, I'll read a book, and I'll have everything in my mind about how it was, and then I'll see a movie, I'll be let down. So I got to be careful about the movies I watch, but um, theater of the mind has always, has always intrigued me and fascinated me. And, and I've, you know, like I said before, you know, I uh, listen to WLS at night coming in from Chicago. I listen to KY 102 in the morning. I listen to Dick and Jay and, and, uh, and listen, you know, they used to, Dick and Jay used to do stuff like, oh, we're on our way to Sedalia. And they really weren't. They were actually, they were in the studio, and they had car sounds, and when I found out they really weren't doing it, it blew my mind. I'm like, that is so cool. I, I thought they were going to Sedalia or St. Louis or wherever. Um, I, I was just fascinated by that, uh, that that they could make it just, you, I was there, and it was, it was cool, but also kind of hurt knowing that they weren't there like I thought they were. They weren't going there like I thought they were. But at the same time, I was like, oh, my God. They, uh, they, you know, they, they did it. They made me think that they were on their way to uh, uh, Sedalia, I think. And I think another time they might have been going to Lake of the Ozarks, supposedly. I, I don't know. They did this here and there, little road trips. And I was like, wow, modern technology. This is back in the 
late 70s, I'm like, wow, boy, they got some shit figured out now. Yeah, okay, well, I guess they didn't. They just knew how to throw in the sound effects, uh, not even a CD back then. It would have been tape. So, anyhow, incredible shit. And uh, my work ethic is the reason I just keep doing this. And, and also my love for theater of the mind. I had a good friend of mine, Aneth, asked me, you know, why I'm doing this. I'm not making a dime, and I don't care if I ever make a dime. I love this. I'm at a point in my life to where I'm doing things that I want to do, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I, I have legitimate hobbies that I don't tinker in anymore that I'm trying to master. And me doing this podcast like this and figuring it out, I'm mastering. I'm, I'm becoming very... Uh... And once again, I am here to save the day with Invisible Ass Paddlings. That's right. All right. Here's the, uh, I think you guys know that if you listen before, you know exactly what I'm doing here. What it is, is uh, you're invisible for a day. And you get, um, I don't know, five, six people, something like that, to paddle their ass because you're invisible and they can't stop you. So, uh, so we just pick out five people. And uh, I, from what I understand, Christopher has uh, quite a few people he's ready to paddle. And uh, we'll, we'll get to him, hopefully... Uh, next episode here he will be involved in the ass paddlings and um who knows you never know he might have just made a special paddle or something because these fucks need it so let's see now the number one guy i have is uh deshaun watson deshaun watson that guy is just fuck i mean what a fucktard really i mean you know the guy he had he has all the skill all this ability, and uh, he's, I mean, he's almost like a Mahomes type of a guy. He could make that one play that will just change the game and just consistently just tear you to pieces. And he takes all this talent, just fucking takes it, rips it into fucking shreds, throws it on the ground and says, fuck you, I want nothing to do with it. I mean, it's just, it just amazes me, the stupid shit this guy got into, and for no reason. I mean, man, that, he, he could have been, uh, you know, I mean, him going to the Browns, the Browns are a really good team, and they're a complete team, and you take him to the Browns, and uh, now, now this is true. If he didn't get in all the trouble, he would not have been traded, so he'd been down there in Texas, so nah, he would have never got a ring. Unless he didn't sign that second contract, you know, in the second contract, if he went somewhere else, he'd get a ring. But, I mean, the Texans, they're a stupid team. They always have been and they always will be. They'll never get a ring. They'll never sniff a championship. They might get a wild card here. They might get a, uh, I'll never see them get to a championship game. Even, even you know, I mean, anything short of getting a, the top of the top quarterbacks. So, they, they're just not a very smart organization. So Deshaun Watson gets the number one ass paddling, and for good reason. Number two is Tyreek Hill. You know, Tyreek Hill, he, he's over there, you know, mouthing off now on his podcast, you know, saying about how um, fucking what's his name, Tua is so much, you know, is so accurate and saying that Mahomes really wasn't that good and all this. I mean, it's awful easy for him to say this after the Chiefs call your bluff. You know, the Chiefs called his bluff so quick it made his fucking head spin. You know, he comes back and he's like, yeah, no, no, I want guaranteed money and I want a couple million more. Um, And if you don't, then uh, give my my guy permission to trade. You know, Chiefs are like, okay, permission to trade. Huh? And that's what they did. They fucking traded him. His head spun so fast and all of his championship aspirations from now on are done with. His uh, stats, his big stats, are done with. His career is basically on the, on the top echelon is over unless he gets out of that situation. And he knows it. And he knows he's fucked. And he don't like it because the Chiefs went ahead and said, all right, well, you know what, we'll go ahead and trade you. But we're not going to sit here and have you hold us hostage and you think that we're going to sit here and tremble in our boots because you say you're fucking going to leave. Hell no. And they're like, you know what? You want to go so fucking bad? Go ahead and go. Here, we found you, team. Miami. There you go. 
and you know he, he's gonna love the nightlife in Miami he's gonna like all the bullshit he can get into but another thing is is this right here you know he has a tendency to get into bullshit and in Miami that's a very bad place to get into bullshit and I can see things starting to go downhill the first of the season he's not getting the ball a lot he's gonna start getting frustrated and I can see him acting out and it's going to be interesting to see what happens from there on out. As soon as he starts declining and he sees that this is that it's just going, the season and his stats and his any type of aspirations for uh, any type of championship has went to hell. We're going to see. Uh, we're going to do a gut check on him, and I'm saying that he is uh, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it upstairs, and he doesn't have it in the gut. He's a great player. I love him, and if they and if he was to come back. If, he's, if there's something to where we could unwind this, I'd love to have him back. But I would not have him back if I was a Miami fan. Uh, you know, well, I mean, if I was a Miami fan, you'll take whatever you can get, right? But um, what I'm saying is, is with the Chiefs, I'd take him any day in Andy Reid. But with the Dolphins, no way. Patriots, Tampa Bay, I'd take him. Um, Dolphins... Browns, um, with the Browns where they are right now, you know, no, no, nope, wouldn't take them there at all. And speaking of the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns are my third invisible ass paddling. And in case you haven't noticed, and I don't think I mentioned this, but this is sport themed ass paddling today. Cleveland Browns, for everything I just mentioned, um, they they can't they can't get out of their own way. I mean, these uh, this organization is cursed. They do the stupidest shit constantly. When they do start to get it together, and uh, Baker Mayfield has a really good season. He looks really good. He plays very well. He's uh, he's he's an upper quarterback. He's not the top tier, but he's in the top um, top third. And he's looking really good. And then last year, he has a setback. You know, he gets injured early, and he, and they had some um, offensive line problems. And first thing they do is they fucking dump his ass. You know, the first quarterback that did anything there. And and they dump his ass and just fucking throw him away. And uh, then they hire uh, Deshaun Watson, who we spoke about a little bit ago. And Deshaun's about, about ready to get suspended for the year if not longer, you know, and so then Baker Mayfield's like, you know, fuck you guys, give me a trade, so they trade him, so, uh, you know, the Browns, they just can't get out of their way, they got good defense, they got a hell of a running game, I mean, they got a pretty good, complete team, but they keep screwing everything up, so the Cleveland Browns would be my next one for an invisible ass paddling, and they... I'm just sure to put them in the Hall of Fame. I mean, they really kind of deserve the Hall of Fame just for a, uh, you know, a preponderance of uh, constantly fucking up. So, but I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to leave that right there for now and just, you know, not quite the Hall of Fame, but really strongly being considered. The next one is Stephen A. Smith. That guy needs an ass paddle because he thinks he can out yell everybody. And if he out yells everybody, he's right. He's almost on the same plane as that little bitch Skip Bayless. That little bitch Skip Bayless. I could probably shove him straight up Stephen A. Smith's ass. And they would probably be, well, they'd be dumber because both of them are idiots. So, I mean, I, wouldn't, I don't think it would help either one of them. They're both idiots, and I think them together would just make like a giant, huge idiot ball, maybe. I don't know. But they both suck. And uh, Stephen A. Smith is almost a Hall of Famer, too. He's really close to being Hall of Famer because he just sucks. So, okay, next one. And this guy is really close to being Hall of Famer, too, but I'm not going to quite do it yet because, um, I don't know, I think it needs a bigger production when he actually does get into the ass paddling Hall of Fame. But um, this guy is really deserves it. When I say his name, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, why isn't he in the Ass Paddling Hall of Fame already? Well, I think we need to, like, make a whole um, segment 
about this guy alone and all the stuff of why he deserves a Lifetime Achievement Award of being ass-paddled, and that would be Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones deserves an ass-paddling, and he, ex he deserves an express train right to ass-paddle central, and he needs to be put up on the mantle, a big bust of him, of whatever he looks like that week, depending on uh, his plastic surgeon. So, um, Jerry Jones, just because he's Jerry Jones, and um, he really needs it. Uh, and like I said, he we can go ahead and say he's in the Hall of Fame, but we have not had the ceremony yet. We will have a Jerry Jones Ask Paddling Hall of Fame ceremony coming up. So, I'll get with Christopher and see what Christopher wants to do about that. You know, maybe like we'll, uh, I don't know, bring like a little cake up to the city market and the those little noisemakers and like just hand them out to people walking by and tell them, hey, you know, Jerry Jones just made the ass paddling Hall of Fame and, you know, and I'm sure people will be like, yeah, great, cool, fuck yeah, whatever that is, wee, woo. So, anyhow, Jerry Jones. And then I have one special one that was requested to me by a friend um, and was requested quite a while ago, but we never really could fit him in. And this isn't sports, but I think he might have played a sports character in a movie at some point or something. But we're just going to go ahead and throw him in because he's a douche and not a good one. So, anyhow, a Lifetime Achievement Award goes to Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin deserves that and a lot more. You know, anyone that would cuss out his kid like that and just a miserable asshole. Fucking, he just, he thinks he knows everything. He thinks he's so cool, but he's really just a fucking sniffling little cowardly bitch. And Alec Baldwin deserves to just continually be ass-paddled for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah, and also shooting and killing somebody, too. I, I, mean, besides, I mean, besides all the other douchey shit he's done over and over and over. And I feel kind of ashamed that I have not... Um, that have not inducted him or anything yet. So, yeah, there you go. Alec Baldwin, Lifetime. Lifetime of Ass Paddling. Lifetime Achievement Award. So, there we go with that. These guys suck, and so do you for listening. Just saying. And here we go. It's time for another edition of bad product ideas. Uh, on the list today, we got some stuff that, I mean, some of it I find puzzling. It sounds great to me, but I mean, you know, um, I, I mean, I don't know if they did their own tests or whatever, but somehow they just didn't like it or people didn't take to it, the focus panels or whatever. So here you go. The first one would be Dimetap flavored pudding pops. Now, if you haven't had Dimetap, think of uh, Vicks Formula 44D, only mixed with battery acid. That would probably be kind of like that, yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know why the Pudding Pops didn't go over well. I mean, sounds like a dream matchup to me. I mean, Dimetap and Pudding Pops, jeez. I mean, you could even make your own if you wanted to. You just go buy some Dimetap and... Like, uh, I don't know, throw it in those little containers. Remember those little, those little popsicle containers you used to freeze cool it? Well, you know what, the younger people wouldn't, but the older people would. They would know what I'm talking about. They're like plastic little things, and you put the little stick in there, and you put Kool-Aid in there, and you froze them. And then they come out looking like a little thumb full of ice. But anyhow, the ones that don't remember that, you know what, just forget it. Uh, but the ones that do remember that, you're getting a little snicker right now. You're like, ugh. So, anyhow, uh, Diamond Tap flavored pudding pops did not go over well. They, um, the focus panels, I think, threw up or something, I heard. You know, our crack staff here at uh, Two Douchebags and a Microphone, you know, they went through a lot of really long length. I mean, they went through a lot of, uh, a lot of problems to get this stuff. So, I don't know how they snuck it out of there, the Dimetap Research Center or Pudding Pops or whoever does this. So, and uh, then uh, the next one on the list is Bugles with whipped cream filling. 
Now, to me, I mean, all joking aside, that might be good, you know, like if you had like some sort of a salty cheese and then cream filling. I mean, for real, that might actually taste kind of good, but, um, you know, I mean, the people down there at the Bugles or, you know, or whoever makes a whipped cream or whatever, whoever came up with this idea somehow got it in their head that it's not any good. So, I mean, beats the hell out of me. I mean, sounds great to me. I mean, bugles with uh, whipped cream in the middle. So, I guess, at least right now, that's off the table. So, sorry guys, if that's what you're looking forward to. Not getting it. Next one on the list. Butter-flavored ice cream bars. Well, I, I mean, why not? Why not? You know, they make butter pie. Have anyone... I mean... It's not... It's not very common. And you used to have to go to, like, the really weird bakeries. Like, uh, the one... The one I know of in Kansas City uh, is called Pride's. And it's uh, at Westport Road. Almost... Well, pretty close to Westport proper. Um, and it's at the bottom of the basement. I don't think the bakery is called Pride's. I think the actual antique uh, shop that it's in at the bottom is called Pride's. P-R-Y-D-E-S. And it's in an old historic building. And uh, Pride's, uh, at the bottom of Pride's, there's a bakery. And I can't think of the name of it. But they used to have butter pie like every Tuesday or something. And that shit was really good. So, I mean, it it, it Tasted like really sweet butter and cream blended together. And, I mean, you never wanted to look at the calorie sheet or the uh, carbs or nothing like that. But I'll tell you what, if you wanted something to have maybe once a year for a special occasion, that butter pie was excellent. So I actually think this butter-flavored ice cream bar may not have been as bad of idea as it sounds. So, um... Anyhow, I guess, you know, they did the focus panels and people like were like, nah, no thank you. Move along. Nothing to see here. So, and then this next one, I guess I kind of see why they don't like it. I mean, you know, I, I think it'd be great for parties and stuff. You know, people are getting smashed and break these out and only the real troopers will uh, suck on these things. So, anyhow, French onion flavored ice mom pops. I don't know why they put ice in here, but anyhow. French onion flavored bomb pops. Let's just forget the word ice then. Um, you know, I mean, some people might like them. I, I don't know. Um, I, you know, French onion's good, right? Uh, bomb pops, um, I don't know. I mean, what kind of colors, you know, the bomb pops are what? Kind of bluish, kind of crystal-ish, and kind of reddish maybe? Red, red, white, and bluish maybe? So, let's see, French onion flavor would be like, what, uh, brown and clear or something? They probably wouldn't look really good, but, you know, hey, who knows? Maybe they are good. So, French onion uh, flavored bomb pops did not do well. The focus groups that they hired to uh, check these out, I guess, uh, they, they said no. So, you know, a lot of really good ideas are just thrown away because these focus panels... What the hell? Uh, this next one, I think I'm going to have to agree with him. I'm not a seafood guy. Ugh. To me, seafood is disgusting. I, I don't know how in the hell someone could walk in a room, smell some sort of seafood, whether it be uh, um, prong shrimp to, uh, um, to uh, I don't know, halibut or whatever. I don't know how people, or salmon... I don't know how people walk in a room, smell that, and go, oh my god, that smells so good. I always think they're lying. I'm like, no, you guys are just doing this to look cool, but you really hate it like me. So, but no, I know people that are fanatical about it. And truth be known, I wish I liked it, because it's usually very good for you. So, but um, squid-flavored jello. So, um, you know, uh, squid-flavored jello. There you go. Yum, yum. Good stuff, right? Maybe. Now, I, I don't know if... Uh, um, I guess it's just blended in. They just, like, take the squid and just, like, 
take a big blender, and then, I mean, I don't even know if they food colored. I mean, I think it'd be kind of red because of the blood, maybe. I don't know. So, uh, well, it doesn't matter, though. I mean, it didn't pass. These focus panels said no to that, too. I mean, these guys are tough to deal with, huh? They're just like no to everything. Try to come up with a good idea. Try to get a little traction, and they're there fucking holding you down. So, the next one coming up would be Catcher... Uh, I can't speak tonight. Well, you know what? I can't speak any night, so it doesn't matter. Ketchup-flavored Captain Crunch. The hell's wrong with that? Ketchup is awesome. Ketchup is like one of the, I don't know, the main food groups, isn't it? I mean, it's oh, it's so good. Especially, uh, I've been addicted to Heinz Simply. Heinz Simply is real pure cane sugar and uh, no um, preservatives or uh, I think... Uh, they put like some sort of nitrates in them for a while or something for a preservative or something. But uh, Heinz Simply, is just it just tastes so much better. It's just like the real sugar Coke and the real sugar Pepsi tastes so much better to me. You can actually taste the sugar where the corn syrup, actually, if you really kind of swig the corn syrup flavored sodas in your mouth, you can actually kind of taste a little bitterness from the actual corn syrup. It, it, the corn syrups are really not that good. I mean, it's better um, from a fountain. Uh, if you find the right fountain Pepsi, it's really good. The right fountain Coke is good, but it's got to have, um, like, um, McDonald's has a really good fountain Coke. But I've noticed here lately, I mean, it, they help everywhere so shoddy. It's not quite what it used to be. I don't know. They, they use those stainless steel containers there. And they keep them at a certain temperature. I don't know if, like, they're not cleaning them out right or they don't have the temperature setting correctly or something, but their Coca-Colas have been missing lately. I mean, they're not as bad as a Burger King one or or um, a Wendy's or something, especially a Burger King. But they're still, uh, they're still not as good as they were. And, and God forbid you want to get a frozen Coke. Uh, the machine's always down, just like the shake machine's always down. So, anyhow, the real sugar Heinz is really good, and real sugar anything is really good to me. Um, lately, I've been uh, getting the uh, Mexican Coca-Cola in the bottles, and it's made with real pure cane sugar, and man, to me, it's a treat. Come home from work, and on the way home, all I'm thinking about is one of those. It, it, you know, unless I'm in a beer and I want a Dunkel, we have a we have this beer in Kansas City that I just love, and it's from a local brewery called KC Beer Company, B I E R, and uh, they have this Dunkel that's just out of this world. I'm talking to a lot of other people, and it's became their go-to beer. Also, it's a little dark, but it's not so dark to where you you know it's like eating a pizza and a loaf of bread. And a dunkel, if you're familiar with beer, a dunkel is kind of a brownish, but it's more like a beer instead of an ale. And I, if I'm not wanting a dunkel, then I'm wanting a real sugar Coca-Cola. So, anyhow, the real sugar ketchup, and if that was in the Captain Crunch, then maybe I could see it. But the regular ketchup, no, nah, I don't think so. And um, so, the uh, focus panel said no to that. So the next one was uh, sardine-flavored Pop-Tarts. Um, hmm. I don't even know where to go with that. I mean, are these Pop-Tarts, you know, you bite in them and they're like a little fish head missing, and a little fin missing, depending on where you bought them, you bought, you know, where you uh, bit into. Um, you know, when you toast them, can you start smelling sardines? Or in that in that hideous mustard sauce that they used to have in those little underwood, that, you know, they had that little devil guy on there with the trident. If, I, if This is old school also. And they had that tin that you folded back with a key. My dad used to eat them. And then in there was like 20 little bitty sardine fish packed in a mustard sauce. And that shit, man, whenever I heard that, I, let's see if I can make noise, something kind of like that. So when you took that key off, it made a little popping sound, 
and I could hear that son of a bitch in the other room, and I knew to get the fuck out of the house, because I knew that the house would smell like fucking little nasty little fish and mustard sauce. Ugh. And hey, as soon as I heard that pop, I'm like, I'm fucking grabbing my shoes and going outside just so I don't have to smell a second of that hideous shit. My dad just loved it. He just ate the piss out of me. He's in there just happy as hell. And I'm thinking, ugh, nasty. So, um, the focus panel did not like that. Sardine flavored Pop-Tarts did not go over well. So the uh, focus panel, you know, eh, get out of here, go, get. So that was the end of that. So, um, Steakums got a little bored and they decided to come up with uh, orange cream Steakums. So I'm not sure how this worked if they had the steak and orange cream on top of them. So let's say you're like heating up those little, those delightful little thinly sliced little pieces of beef and you got your provolone or, or your cheddar or whatever you wish, you know, and your long bun and your probably some peppers and some onions grilled. And then, uh, what, they have a little packet of orange cream you throw over them? Or was the beef mixed with the orange cream and you throw it in the skillet and you fry it up and then you just like serve it all on a, like a long bun or something? Hmm. Don't know. So, that right there is horrible product ideas, but it depends. I mean, you know, I, I thought some of them were kind of tolerable. <laughs> a lot of them were not, but there you go. My crack staff, our crack staff, me and Christopher's crack staff here at Two Douche uh, Bags and a Microphone somehow got all of this. Those guys are good, man. They are good. Once again, we reached the end of another broadcast. See you later, motherfucker, yeah. See you later, motherfucker, yeah. Once again, we reached the end of another broadcast. See you later, motherfucker, yeah. See you later, motherfucker, yeah.